what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Behind the Gorilla. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I have no idea what we're going to talk about because this is this is Harris's time to shine. And uh, so, without further ado, let's just let's just uh, let's get into it. No no uh, no no current event talk for us this week. So, Harris, I know I know I know I think Dominion happened, but we're not going to talk about it for other reasons. So, with that, I wasn't it great though, Harris. Yeah, it was super good. It was I can't awesome. believe CM Punk came back and won the title. That was wild. Wow, yeah, that was great. CM Punk came out, cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase on Jericho, uh-huh. and then wins the IWGP Championship. It was, it was quite a show. Quite a show. So yeah. anyway, that go that's done with our uh, current event talk. So yeah, we're gonna get into the topic for this week. And uh, Harris. What what do we got? I'm I'm ready. Okay, so you know I've referenced a few times on this show that while I was getting into wrestling, because I didn't get into wrestling until like 2014, and there were a lot of things which is that still I've just heard wild, of, but I never got to delve into. Um, and in my time as a wrestling fan, I found that there are certain phrases that you know really represent great moments in wrestling that you just you just know from the words themselves, what I'm talking about. I'm thinking like, you know, Elizabeth, will you marry me? Or I'm sorry, I love you. Or maybe, um, hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? You know, (laughs) but today we're going to talk about a different, a different phrase, a different iconic combination of words for all the wrong reasons. It's something that I kind of had kicking around in my head for a while, but never had the um, privilege of watching before until this week. Hold on, Harris. So, so what? What? What I'm getting at here? Yeah, yeah. Remember last week we we changed the pace a little bit and we actually did something mm-hmm. that was pretty wild, but but was a real you know a real awesome moment and 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 a good thing with the Zack Ryder story. Yeah, we're not doing that. I, again. I, I'm getting the impression that we're not going in that direction. Yeah, we're taking a hard left turn back <laughs> into the crap. We're um, okay. Great. This has been on on my list in the back of my head for a while, but it was actually it was the Beaver Cleavage episode that inspired oh me to finally pull the trigger on this. That worries me if that was the inspiration. Yeah, yeah. So like here's the thing. I mean, we've initially we went pretty WCW heavy and then we said, you know, we really, you know, we need to try to focus on WWE more. And I think the more I watch the Attitude Era, the more I realize there's a lot of really <laughs> terrible stuff here. Yeah, the Attitude Era, this for, is... for the stuff that was good, of course, there were yeah. there were several things that were done real well. Stone Cold, right. Rock, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so we're go- right. But that was like, I, I, I don't think it was the majority. Yeah, I don't think so either. But so I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide for yourself if this is a good balance or not. So this is a little bit earlier than Beaver Cleavage. This is 1998. 
And again, the main event stuff is still killing it. Stone Cold is just Stone Colding it up. He's he's in his feud with Vince McMahon at the time, so this isn't right. even like the higher power angle a year later where they would be kind of working together against The Undertaker and then eventually the corporate ministry. No, no, this is like cut and dry Stone Cold Steve Austin fighting the evil boss Vince McMahon. It is as classic wrestling yep. as it gets. Um, And it's also as classic Attitude Era as it gets because this week, Mark... We're going to talk about a man named Val Venus. Oh now, boy. I need to explain something because it's kind of subtle. Now, and you now, might not have even noticed it. Yes. Mark, now, this is funny that you did this because this is like <laughs> this was like the fourth thing I put on my list like a year mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not even specifically anything in particular. Just I put the name just... Val Venus as like <laughs> the fourth thing on my list. So I'm I'm very pleased that we're finally getting to this. Mm-hmm. And I so, really hope we're going to mention one thing in particular that was the reason I, think, I put this on my list. I think I think we might. <laughs> so there's – I need to explain this because it's pretty subtle and you might sure. not have gotten it. Val Venus rhymes with penis. Now oh. remember that because it's going to be important later. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I know. It's Kind of like we talked about last week, like WWE can be very subtle and don't really shove things down your throats or over push or overproduce. Oh, no, they never do uh, that. No, never. And they don't do that either. So Val Venus has been, you know, teasing his vignettes for a while. And it's it's not quite as bad as Beaver Cleavage, clearly, because when he shows up, he is a hit. Wow. This is I'll be honest. The bulk of this episode will me just being will just be me completely shocked that this goes over and it explains a lot about beaver cleavage too to be honest with you because he shows up val venus's character um is that he's an adult film actor because again uh, oh. wwe is nothing if not subtle so the well, harris harris wait a minute wait a minute yeah yeah what 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 do you what do you mean by that what what does that what does that mean i okay so I don't know anything about this. Well, I mean, like, but... does, does, don't, don't, don't everyone watch films? Isn't, aren't, you know, don't adults oh, watch well, sure. every film? I should back up. You're right. Because that implies, like, I, he's in a lot of, like, Oscar bait sort yeah. of movies. You know, like, adult films. What I mean by that is, you know how pro wrestling is a uh, theatrical and at times maybe even a little unrealistic form of, like, UFC cage fighting? I, I mean, k- kind of. There's a similar version of that, if one were so inclined, for people making love. And it's theatrical, and it's over the top, so I've heard, and, oh. you know, is created primarily not, not for realism or for any genuine emotion, but for theatrical purposes, for, for entertainment. Let's put it that way. All right. Does that, pa- so uh, pause, pause. This man, uh, hey, yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. Anyone listening to this... Uh, be be warned again. See, this wasn't my topic. I would have warned you at the forefront. <laughs> but when Harris you does put it, it in the description, or when something. Har- I'm, I'm I will put it in it the again. description. But uh, anyone, this is not probably for little kids. You can thank Harris no. for each and every one of our inappropriate episodes on this entire show. Uh, this is what thanks happens and when I cover the attitude era. Thanks and you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. So any kids, if you uh, do show this to your kids or whatever. 
Don't. Don't. Yeah. Not this one. So before and, we went any farther, there we go. Right. Now, with that out of the way, the the the, uh, the PSA out of the way. Oh boy. Please so, continue, Harris, with the filth oh, that you're going to give us. <laughs> Val Venus's <laughs> vignettes are just, you know, basically conveying the idea that I just conveyed to you, except maybe not <laughs> quite so subtly. This is a man who has sex with a lot of women and gets filmed doing it, and if, if what we're led to believe is accurate, is very good at it. That's that's oh, basically okay. the gist of the character. That so, translates really well into professional wrestling. Yeah, especially, you know, for like primetime television, right? So he yeah. shows up, and the crowd is really into it. And this is a guy who, again, because WWE is nothing if not subtle, um, his entrance music is this, this really heavy saxophone solo and he comes to the ring wearing a towel and the titantron video you can kind of see it in the background is clips of geysers erupting and hot dogs being placed into buns and a single screw being drilled into a hole um yeah That's, yeah, just use your imagination. <laughs> right. So, here's the thing. First of all, this is my initial thought when it comes to Val Venus, before I've watched any of this. The idea that there's a wrestler who's big, and he's strong, and he's handsome, and he's good with the ladies, and he's so good with the ladies that he might even steal your lady, so you better boo him, like, that's nothing new. At all. And that's some of, like, the greatest wrestling characters and the greatest heels of all time work that into their act. That's a big part of what Ric Flair did that made him so great. And then you could also, you could sort of, like, hyper-concentrate that into somebody like Ravishing Rick Rude, where, like, that was kind of their only character trait. Mm -hmm. But it was in a way that was like, this guy's a scumbag, but I recognize it. Like, it seems... I don't even want to say plausible, but just a little bit more plausible. And this is (laughs) this is not a gimmick we haven't seen before, but it's the Attitude Era and it's 1998. So we just cranked it all the way up to 11. Oh, yeah. That's what Val Venus is. He's like ravishing Rick Rude, but with none of the like down to earthness. Not that Rick Rude ever had that much, but you know what I mean? He does (laughs) like the same thing. When an opponent's prone, he'll stand over them and, like, gyrate his hips a lot. Right. Except it's just more. Everything he does is just more. And when he debuts, he almost immediately gets into a feud with a faction called Kai and Tai. Oh. Now, these are, okay, it's just, it's pretty much just, like, a yellow-faced stereotype running wild. I've read... This is one description I found of them, and not being familiar with Kai and Tai's work, I feel like they kind of nailed it. And a quote, literally a bunch of scarcely used Japanese guys thrown together with a dastardly manager named Yamaguchi-san, um, who was, and I quote again, was so hatefully stereotypical, it seriously felt like he was written during World War II. <laughs> I mean, we're talking oh glasses, uh, kind of buck teeth that he sticks out a lot. I Some of them, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a little mustache, like a little pencil mustache. I mean, it's it's 
bad. I oh boy. Uh, well, really WWE, you, you can, I mean, this must have been an honest mistake though, because WWE, if nothing, is never, never insensitive in any way like that. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to remember you said that. We'll get back to it in just a second. I'm also gonna say, um, so I typed in the Val Venus theme to play it there, and uh-huh. uh, one of the things on here was one of the Val Venus promos. Oh my. Oh my. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I want to describe it, but um, <laughs> it was implying a lot. We'll just put it that way. In the in the woods with uh someone of fem- of a female with him. And mm, sounds about right. It was implying many things, but then it slaps yep. on the giant words. Val Venus is coming to close things out. <laughs> Great. Again, Great. because you know, I mean, he's coming to the show. I mean, he's he's yeah. gonna, he's coming to WWE. So yeah. Exactly. I I yeah I just I I accidentally or no I I watched it on purpose, but yeah. I I'm not too happy that I did. Anyway. Well, there continuing are... on with the very inclusive and wonderfully uh, yep. WWE non-offensive stuff. Yeah. So, you know, um, he debuts in May and almost instantly gets involved in a feud with Kai and Tai, who I imagine are kind of like, yo, this is gross. I don't like you, which is an understandable response <laughs> to a man like Val Venus. Right. Um. Almost immediately after that, it gets really personal because Val Venus does what – look, exactly what we all should have suspected he would do. And he sleeps with Mrs. Yamaguchi-san, the, the manager's <sighs> wife. They're, you know, he, he's, in, he's in bed one night at a motel, and he says, hey, babe, could you get me the remote that's under the blanket? And then somebody emerges and, what? It's it's Mr. Yamaguchi San's wife. She's she's in bed with Val Venus. He Okay. This is normally okay, the so, time of the show when I'd be like, Well, Harris, what do you mean by sleep? But no, I'm not. Nope. I'm no. No, I don't, nope. don't want to get into all that. Nope. Ask your parents. Nope. 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 So we keep we keep moving on. Uh Mr. Yamaguchi San does not handle this well. You kind of you you get the impression that he is, you know not only stern and authoritarian, he's actually kind of abusive, which is, you know, not great, but Val Venus slept with his wife. So right. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt a little bit when he's pretty mad about that. So Val Venus is about to go out for a match, except this is sort of a, a, a Roman Reigns situation. He takes a shower before every match, and, you know, people speculate <laughs> that's why Roman's hair is so wet. Well, it's confirmed with Val Venus because we see him backstage in the shower. That's why he comes out in a towel, you know, and has yeah, his makes on sense. underneath. Well, he's in the shower with Mrs. Yamaguchi-san, and I'm sure she's just, you know, she's sort of his valet now, and she's just making sure he's ready for the match, and there's right. nothing else at all going on there. No. But let me just say, by the time Val Venus has made his way to the ring for his match against some other lower mid-card jobber, um... Kai and Tai, led by Mr. Yamaguchi-san, is not happy about this. And they, they've showed up, and they're doing that thing where, like, they, they don't stand at ringside, and they're not interfering in the match. They're just standing on the ramp and watching, you know? So Val Venus is, like, kind of trying to have the match and trying to keep an eye on them because they could come running down at any time, you know? But, right, right, right. But they don't. Um, 
Their entrance music, by the way, the Kai and Tai entrance music is like somehow even worse than you're expecting. <laughs> it's just the most stereotypical, like, I'm shocked, Mark. I'm shocked it's not just da na 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 Like, it might as well be. <laughs> oh, man. So, so they're standing there just kind of, you know, grimacing. Mr. Yamaguchi-san is gesturing and shouting and waving a samurai sword around. And this is where, once again, JR and Jerry the King Lawler really, like, earn their paychecks because they are just... They're killing it. I mean, JR is concerned, like, obviously. This is the uh, theme song, in case anyone was wondering. Is this the same one you heard? Yeah, but especially because that first part at the beginning with the flute is the only part you really hear. Uh, well, this is from 1999, and this looks like it has Funaki in it. So this is a different huh. Kai and Tai. Might be a little updated. Yeah, yeah that, that's from the next year. Oh, oh maybe this well, is it. No. I think it's just this. I don't know. I don't know. Regardless, you get that, the idea. That bit at the beginning was it. It's just that flute. I was like, man, y'all, that's okay. So he's he's shouting, like, I assume it's in Japanese, but be honest, if, if they just told him to yell gibberish, I wouldn't be that surprised, unfortunately. <laughs> but he's waving a sword around the other guys. Jerry points this out. Jerry says, well, they they appear to have a bunch of huge salamis. Oh. Which JR says, I beg your pardon? But no, quite literally, <laughs> they are holding large, you know, tubes of cured meat, salami, sausage, things of that nature, and they're waving them around. Oh. So, you know, that's that's kind of the exchange. JR says, what are they going to do? And Jerry says, I don't think they're going to have a picnic. And the match is happening during all of this because some things in WWE never change. <laughs> and the action's not really getting called that much. But eventually, right. Val Venus wins. And by the way, Val Venus booked super strong, which is kind wow. of unexpected. Like, he wins with this, like, fisherman suplex that looks really good because he's a big, like, powerful, athletic guy. And he wins the match, like, very convincingly. But... Of course, that's not really why we're here. And before he can make his way back up the ramp, they're just standing there, you know, waiting for him to finish his business. Finally, Mr. Yamaguchi-san takes the mic and he starts talking. Um, I don't think this is going to come as a surprise to any of you. He speaks very broken English. Oh. Um, but he doesn't have an Asian accent. Like, he clearly speaks English very well. <laughs> so it doesn't work. <laughs> Okay, that's a really funny, actually. Like, I mean, clearly, I, I assume he was just like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I think that's where he draw the line. He wasn't going to go up there and, like, fake an Asian accent. So he's just shouting in technically broken English, but, like, you can tell he speaks English. Like, it sounds too good. So, anyway, he says... Oh, man. He says, listen, Kai and Tai's going to challenge you. Next week. Um, and after we win that match, I'll give you a big surprise to you. And they produce like a wooden, what looks to be a chopping block. Uh, oh. And one of them places the giant salami on the chopping block. 
And then Mr. Yamaguchi starts yelling again and again what I assume is Japanese and delivers a thunderous chop to the salami. Okay. Chops it right in half. Valvinus is looking on in horror. He clearly understands what's being threatened here. And uh, as he does this, JR helpfully chimes in. That's a pretty subtle message. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Mark, before the words have even left his mouth, Mr. Yamaguchi-san picks up the mic again, just in case you haven't gotten it yet. And you're like, wait, what is he going to do? He says probably one of the most infamous phrases in all of wrestling, which is, of course, I choppy choppy your pee-pee. That's not so subtle, says Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you so much. Oh, oh it's wonderful. Again, like it, it is. It reminds me a lot of Beaver Cleavage because the two of them somehow make it work because you get the sense from both of them that they're just like, I regret doing this for a living sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of them. I just love the fact that the Attitude Era is looked at so fondly. I really do, oh, man. because it you was horrible. Wait. I'm sorry. Uh, you have the main event stuff, sure, it was historic, but to me, not even all of that was necessarily great. It was just hot at the time, and you had really good people involved. But other than the handful of that, I mean, it is abysmal, the other stuff. Mm. Again, mm. you get little things, like you have the Hardys, and that tag team scene emerges in, like, 99, and, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. there's... I mean, it's not all terrible, of course. Nothing's ever all terrible. Eh, mostly. But, uh, Rarely, yeah. But it's just funny how, how the revisionist history when it comes to people yeah. thinking of the Attitude Era is, is quite amusing to me. And I love that yeah. we're here to expose it. Yeah. I. It's certainly given us some good material. So <laughs> this is – after he says that, that's not so subtle. Jerry says – I wonder if he's going to pull a Lorena Bobbitt. Now, Mark, are you familiar with Lorena Bobbitt? No, but I can I I am pretty sure I know where it's going. Okay. So, I'm just I need, I need to I need to put a bookmark in this for a second. This sure. is not a true crime podcast, but unfortunately <laughs> If it was, we we would have sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Behind the Grill is brought to you by Blue Chew and no, by Squarespace. Um, Unfortunately, for reasons Blue that will soon be made uh, clear, nice. I have to explain this reference to you in case you don't. Um, John Wayne Bobbitt and his wife, Lorena, were married in 1989 and lived a completely anonymous – oh, still there? Uh, yeah. Lived a completely anonymous life for four years until in 1993, during a domestic dispute, she cut his penis off while he slept, drove away with it in her hand <sighs> – and threw it out the window into a field on the side of the road. Um, to quote the Wikipedia entry on this, John Bob's penis was found after an exhaustive search, and after being washed in antiseptic and packed in saline ice, it was reattached in the hospital. Uh, keen listeners may notice that I said this happened in 1993. It's now 1998. So, yeah, thank you. It's been five years. WWE is as timely as they ever are in picking up on, you know, jokes and trends and celebrities. And they're really, like they're that. really on the ball when it comes to that. 
Yeah. So you know, it was kind of one. Of, it was it was one of those things where it went whatever the 1993 equivalent of viral was. Every late night show <laughs> made a joke about it. Right. Of course. They interviewed the guy and a lot. Like he became kind of a celebrity, which people later kind of regretted because it turns out he was a garbage human being and kind of deserved to have that happen to him. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I digress a little bit. Um, I just. I, Remember that. Keep that in mind. We're going to keep moving on. Um, Now it's next week. The the challenge. Val Venus and his partner, a guy named Taka Michinoku, versus Kayantai, led by Mr. and Mrs. Yamaguchi-san. Um... Now, now you know what's funny? Uh, Who who is his uh, tag? Val Venus's tag team partner? Taka Michinoku is his name. That guy ends up being in the main Kayantai with uh, Funaki. Really. Yeah, because okay. I was looking it up, and that's, I mean, that's who, uh, like that. That's who all these things that I'm looking up. That's like what the main group was. Uh-huh. It was that guy yeah. and Funaki, which was, of course, after all of this yeah. stuff. But anyway, so that's just funny so, that he was initially against them with Val Venus. Well, so he's he's coming into this match right. He's just like a solo wrestler. He's in a tag team with Val Venus, like they're friends, but they're not tag title contenders. This guy right. Taka has the light heavyweight championship oh, okay. at the, at, at this point in his career coming into the match, they have forced Mrs. Yamaguchi san to come watch the match because she's still like with her husband and Jerry Lawler explains to us that this is because the Japanese are a very proud culture and Mr. Yamaguchi san takes his honor seriously and he wants to get revenge and he wants his wife to see it, which Cultural Sensitivity Hour with Jerry the King Lawler would be a great podcast. <laughs> it's a little weird to hear him try and like work it into commentary. But anyway, Mark, you called my shot in a shocking, shocking, shocking turn of events. Oh, I did? Taka Michinoku turns on Valvina. Oh, no. Almost immediately. Oh, no. All of them just take turns just beating the tar out of him. Oh. And, get, like, okay, first of all, Val Venus has been the face throughout this entire feud, presumably because the only people watching the Attitude Era were, like, 13-year-old boys and people who mentally, like, still kind of felt like they were 13-year-old boys. <laughs> and a guy, like, man, have sex. Good. Like, that's the pop he's getting. <laughs> I don't know. So, like, rewatching this now, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably turn on you, too. Like, you're not a good dude. I don't like you. You just hooked up with that man's wife, like, in his place of work. This is Yeah, that's weird. not a very like, face just... move. No. And, like, people are filming him doing it and stuff, and he doesn't even care. Like, he's not a good dude. <laughs> well, to be fair, everyone is always okay with WWE filming everything. That's true. That's true. So, that was my first thought. My second thought was... I realize it sounds a little racist to say when you're feuding with a Japanese stable that a man named Taka Michinoku would probably turn on you and join them. Like, but this is Vince McMahon's <laughs> WWF we're talking about. So, like, of course that was going to happen. Right. And maybe he should have seen that coming because you get it. They're they're foreign and they're bad. They're together. <laughs> That's not the reason, Mark. None of this is the reason. (laughs) JR is flabbergasted by this. Like, you would think it was the barbershop window all over again. He's like, why did Taka do this? (laughs) And 
Taka slides out of the ring. They're like holding Val Venus prone at this point. He stands in front of him, like slaps him in the face or whatever, points at Mrs. Yamaguchi-san and says, that's my sister. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As if we didn't need another thread. Another Right, so... Why he was never not aligned with Ty and Ty is kind of a mystery <laughs> to me. Oh, oh, why he man. went along with it and watched his tag team partner sleep with his sister for another like two weeks before he did anything about it. I don't oh, know, man. man. I don't know. But we're well past questioning anything at this point. <laughs> so anyway, they grab him. They start hauling him up the ramp. Um, and... JR and Jerry are like concerned, but they're not. I don't know. Like, okay, hang on. First of all, first of all, so they're hauling him up the ramp, fade to commercial. And okay, I get it. You know, like cliffhanger, whatever. The commercial is for children's action figures. (laughs) And the contrast is just incredible. It literally goes from that's my wife, like this man disgraced or that's my sister this man disgraced my wife disgraced my sister we're taking revenge on him we're hauling him backstage to do who knows what hey kids check out your new underwater wwe swat action figures they all squirt <laughs> water out of their mouth when you press their backs You're like jeez, <laughs> because it's for it's kids actually... it's for kids but like the disclosure you just gave <laughs> at the beginning of this episode is more than anything that existed on WWE television at the time. And millions of people, millions of kids were watching it. And I will say, I'm just going to say this. The Attitude Era and all of this is the reason why I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling live until like 2007. Yeah, I believe it. Oh boy. Anyway, Harris, we need to know what happens next. We, I'm so glad you said that, Mark. We really, really, really do need to know what happens next because I've got a morbid curiosity about it at this point. So we cut back, you know, we're back backstage. They're hauling him across, you know, like, you know what backstage looks like, like through a hallway somewhere, presumably towards a closet. Literally nobody is interfering here at all. There's (laughs) probably a dozen people just watching it happen Um, because, again, Valvina's not a good guy. Like, that's not why they're not helping. Right. But I think that's why they're not helping. Like, that makes sense <laughs> to me when you're watching it. Where you're like, well, yeah, somebody was going to, you know, want to kill this guy eventually. Like, it just makes sense. <laughs> so, and then we cut back to the ring and watch D'Lo Brown cut a promo and defend his European championship. Okay. For like 10 minutes. Okay, this is oh. like it's enough time for him to like make his entrance, start to talk. Somebody comes out. They have like a seven minute match. Who who comes out? I'm dying to know. I don't remember because it doesn't matter. Oh, I was too boo. busy thinking what is happening backstage with Valvina. <laughs> I was fast forwarding <laughs> all of this. So I was like, wait, they're about to cut back to it, right? Right. Nope, not until the entire segment's over. <laughs> and then they cut backstage again. And JR and Jerry are like, they're concerned, but they're not like, hey, somebody's about to die. They're just like, boy, you never know what you're going to see in the WWF. It's like, no, 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 no. 
this is like basic workplace like health and safety. Like I realize he's crossed several lines, but you can't let them just kill a man. <laughs> anyway, after this segment, we cut backstage. They're still just wailing on him. They've presumably just been beating on him for, for 10 15 minutes. straight or, minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Counting the commercial break and like whatever. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's inc- it's not even a chase scene. It's not like he got up and ran away, and then we cut back to the match, and then we cut back, and they've caught up to him again. No, they're just wailing on him, just oh, constantly, no. the entire time. Again, Val Venus being booked very strongly, because he's still, like, not dead wow. at this point, despite, like, eating chair shots for 15 minutes. Roman, and then we cut Roman to another Venus. commercial. We get to another commercial, Mark. And when we come back, there's someone else in the ring. There's something <laughs> else happening. There's like a whole nother segment that, again, I didn't pay attention to because I was just trying to figure out what is happening to Valvitas. It's another 10 minutes later. And now they finally made their way to like what I guess is an unused locker room or yeah. something. They've got it, it's empty. They've got the chopping block set up in there. Why, why didn't they bring it to the ring? I know you're asking. Um, I was wondering. Because this is a family show. There are kids watching. You can't just, you know, do that. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay. Well, I, I mean, good for them. Maybe they thought people would try to stop them. Clearly nobody would because nobody cares. <laughs> They've just been beating on this man for 25 uninterrupted minutes. Right. But just Yamaguchi-san brandishes his sword and drives the cameraman out of the room, and then we cut to another commercial. And then we come back, and the main event is starting now, guys, because it's, you know, it's time for your main event of the show. And it's, oh, man. Okay, so it's, nobody's even pretending to try and help. Like, JR says, <laughs> well, we've ordered the cameraman to stay back there and see what's going on. Maybe we can find out, but, like... There's not like there's no police that have been called. It's been long enough at this point. There's got to be security in the stadium somewhere. I don't know. So so basically, what I'm getting is, it's it's like Halloween Havoc, 1995. After Big Show goes over the side of a building, and everyone except for Bobby the Brain is just like, well, let's move on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> except there's no Bobby the Brain to give it like even a semblance of urgency. Everybody's um, like, "Man, this is crazy wrestling, y'all." <laughs> Someone just fell off a five-story building. Oh, how man, crazy that's a is great that? Episode. That was a great episode. Go back and uh, listen to that. It's called uh, Monster Jam. WCW Monster yeah, Jam. Check that out. So, Jr. like takes half a second to explain that they've ordered the camera crew to stick around and then segues right into like the Mountain Dew sponsorship for the main event. It's just, <laughs> you know, cause he's seen so much of this dumb crap. He just, he doesn't know what to do anymore. He's just calling, calling the action in the ring. Here's the thing. Like it's a great main event. We're, we're bringing it back to the fact that this is 1998 and it's like the, the main event of the show is prime time in a lot of ways. It's Rock and Owen Hart in the Nation of Domination when Owen Hart was in the Nation of Domination. <laughs> Undertaker and Stone Cold are the tag team champions, and they're defending them in the main event. Yeah, and that's about right. Match and I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying that's about right. That's about how much WWE has usually cared about the tag team titles. Right, but at least if you're going to do it, like, hey, Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin have sure. them together. That's pretty cool. Sure. But I can't even enjoy the match, Mark, because all I'm thinking is, what is happening? What are they? 
have they done it yet? Are they going to do it? Are they going to follow through? Just show me. <laughs> I can't even focus on it. I He's been getting beat up for 30 minutes. It's a great main event. <laughs> Taker eventually pins Owen with the tombstone. Austin and Rock are brawling at ringside, like breaking through tables. Undertaker wins. His music plays. Mick Foley charges down to the ring, hits him with the mandible claw. Wow. Kane charges down to the ring clobbers him with a chair just absolutely cracks him the new age outlaws come running down it's total chaos the watermark appears in the corner and what is the last thing we see after this real barn burner of a main event mark, I, don't, I don't know harris but i'm dying to know mark we see a team of security guards who have finally showed up <laughs> after like 35 minutes right they smash through the door Val Venus is still in there. He's like spread eagled now with his back facing the door and the camera, which is lucky because he's completely buck naked. Right. Like they're holding his arms and legs apart. He's freaking out. Yamaguchi-san gives a very stereotypical like, yeah, kind of shriek. <laughs> Rears back, brings the sword crashing down, and we cut to black. What? So. Harris, um, Harris, next, we have yep, so many yep. questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nothing so was I. resolved. Yeah. So, next week on Raw, it's of course the first thing they address. Just kidding. It's like <laughs> an hour and a half in. Of course. Val Venus is wheeled down to the ring. He's accompanied by Mrs. Yamaguchi-san, who I guess has left her husband now. And um, remember when, when I put a pause in the podcast earlier to talk about, you know, that lovely little story of John Wayne Bobbitt and, and his wife? Yeah. Um, John Wayne Bobbitt is here, ladies and gentlemen, celebrity <laughs> guest appearance, and he's, he's pushing Val Venus to the wing in a wheelchair. Oh, they got man. him on TV. They, they reached out to him and said, Hey, you're a popular guy, right? And he said, no, not for about five years. And they said, great. Come on our television show. Perfect. Yeah. So, so who better equipped to handle this? delicate situation than jerry the king lawler clearly um he's in the ring in full regalia there are several signs the audience is is very smart there are several signs in the ring saying things like val venus has no penis or maybe um val no penis venus and things of that nature you know just utter poetry yeah and val val begins to cut a promo you know, he kind of staggers to his feet out of the wheelchair. And great little character note, by the way. Val never says, like, ladies and gentlemen. He always just says ladies, which is actually pretty <laughs> great. That's probably the best thing about him. Yeah, I like So he's that. like, I come before you tonight, ladies. A humble man. <laughs> you know what they say. You live by the sword. You die by the sword. Uh, well, That's I mean, some, I mean, some people, yes, people do say that. That is a real saying. Yeah. Yes. Jesus, I don't know. Jesus said that. Yeah. I don't know what and, that has to do with this situation. Cause he's not dead. Yep. Well, you know, metaphorically he is, but he, you know, he kind of, he kind of goes on for a bit looking very sad and dejected. And if this were any other show or perhaps any other time, this would be like a major like Game of Thrones-esque twist where he's a changed man and a changed person and goes on some dramatic quest to reclaim his dignity or something. Nope, just kidding. He's <laughs> fine. Everything is fine, you guys. And he rips the towel off 
and says, the big Valvoski is alive and starts gyrating in circles around the wait, ring. Wait, what? Wait, how? That's a great question, Mark. Uh, that's the first thing that Jerry says. He says the first thing we're all thinking, which is how exactly did you pull that off? Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote again from the artist known as Val Venus. Worry not, ladies. Thanks to a cold butcher's block, a little shrinkage, and my good friend John Wayne Bobbitt, who just happened to cut the lights out in time, he made it. He's back. So, yeah, it's mostly shrinkage is the answer you're looking for, Mark. If anyone hears that noise, it's me hitting my head against the microphone. Yeah, that's fair. That's more than fair. Um, <sighs> that's the worst explanation I've ever heard, even for a bad explanation, which there was no way there could be a good explanation that was even bad. Yeah, no, I mean, well, to be fair, it's like, what, what, what do you do in that situation? If you're the writer, I assume you have about a week to think of something, and they're just like, uh, that's, I that's, don't know. That's, that is very, that's true. They, you know, and they couldn't, here's the thing, they're standing in the ring with a guy who this happened to, and they put it back on, and he was fine. And they're like, nope, can't do that. <laughs> Let's just Right, they had the answer. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I didn't even think of so, that. Right. Clearly they and didn't like, either. So this is where, like, we kind of just hit the, right, we hit I, sort of the pinnacle of bad taste in this segment, because... I, I don't hold WWE responsible for this. John Wayne Bobbitt was on a lot of talk shows and did a lot of interviews after this happened. And it turned out after the fact, I mean, he literally was abusive. Like he would drink and beat and sexually abuse his wife. And one night she just snapped and did that to him. And I think like a few years later, he would go on to get arrested for beating and sexually assaulting some other women. And everyone kind of realized, oh, yeah, the signs were there, and we kind of enabled this guy for a decade by treating him like a joke. Right. And he's a pretty terrible human being. Knowing all that now, it's very weird to see Jerry the King Lawler try to pivot and start to interview John Wayne Bobbitt about his own penis. And he's trying to, like, spin it for comedy, and John Wayne Bobbitt's really not that charismatic, so it doesn't really work. And he starts to say something, and Jerry says, whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to cut you short or anything, but um, wow. anyway, so that's already bad. This entire storyline has been bad. People have been rooting for Val Venus the entire time, and when he announces that actually he's fine and got away scot-free somehow, the crowd goes nuts. Like, they love it. This is wow. clearly the outcome they were looking for. And then Val Venus turns his attention back to Mrs. Yamaguchi-san. Okay. And he, and he picks him up. He picks her up on his shoulder like Macho Man, and they live happily ever, ever. No. No, they don't. He dumps her. He oh. dumps her right there in the middle of the ring because, and I quote, no woman is worth the trouble you've given me. And the crowd goes wild. I think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. He seduced this man's wife, slept with her multiple times in front of the world, and then when her husband lost his mind and tried to kill him, or at least cut his penis off, he turned around and said, you know what, babe? You're crazy. I don't need any part of you. And just left her in the lurch, and now she's alone, and the crowd's like, yeah, you show that woman! You show her! Oh, 
Uh, Mark, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen because that's a baby face move. They all cheer it. It's I, just. I I I I I have I I don't I don't know I I got nothing I've, I I don't I've understand. Been yeah, I've just I've been pointing it out and joking this whole time that like I feel like he's not a good dude and now he's definitely not a good dude, but the crowd goes <laughs> nuts and Jr. like he's Tiny Tim at the end of the show says, "Well, all is right with the world." What? And John Wayne Bobbitt gives him a high five, and the segment's over. <laughs> the Attitude Era sucks. Oh, my gosh. This is the worst gosh. thing I've ever seen. Shame on all of you for letting this happen. Uh, I, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> The real here's the thing. I'm I'm about I I got nothing, man. I I don't know. I don't understand. We talk- Somehow this went from pitch to meeting to Vince to the the individuals to being down there to it being executed. It got through yep. all of these things, and we have seen very recently how difficult it is to get anything through on WWE. <laughs> But clearly, it's easy if 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 it's along these lines. Oh you boy. know, here's the thing: a lot of the stuff we talk about on this show is bad and insulting. Right, that's the point. For example, yeah, like the Beaver Cleavage episode I did, bad and insulting. And most of the time, when something this stupid and insulting happens, people hate it, and you're like, okay, well, yeah. How could you ever think we could like that? That's insulting. But this is one of the dumbest, most insulting things I've ever seen, and the crowd loves it. Yeah. And that's like the most damning takeaway from all of this. Yeah. They love it. So like last like last time I was on for my topic, we're talking about beaver cleavage, and I mentioned that Charles Warrington later said, like, I feel like if we had just gotten a little more time, we could have made it work. And you read that in 2019, and you're like, no, you moron. You absolutely couldn't have. <laughs> and then you watch Val Venus dump this woman on live television because he seduced her in the first place, and everybody goes nuts. And I'm starting to think like maybe all of the stuff we've blamed Vince McMahon for is just our own fault because he yeah. saw things like this happen in 1998. And was like, oh, I can just feed these people anything. Which is is true. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the lesson he learned. And he never, ever gave it up. I'm very sorry y'all had to listen to this. Oh, I'm sorry man. I had to watch it. Wait, that's it? Um, that's, it's just yeah, done? that's it. That's all I got. He just... What happened the next? Adventures of, I don't know. The adventures of Val Venus continue. Oh, man. Did we not? I don't. I don't know, man. The, I. I. All right, we're back. Uh, if you if you are still with us after that, then uh, thank you. Harris will explain. Ha- Harris will explain what happened. I think what happened is it was a sign from the universe that I've been talking about Val Venus for too long and should like <laughs> read a book or go outside. <laughs> 
the power <laughs> as I was trying to like somehow bring all of this nonsense to some sort of poetic conclusion, the power at my apartment complex went out and I lost my Wi-Fi and Skype dropped the call. And y'all just missed about seven minutes of quality content of me and Mark playing phone tag with one another, trying to yeah. get it set back up. Um, now, could I have uh, could I have just cut out all of that and then just re redone it, uh, redid it like nothing happened? Yes. Have I done that in other episodes? Yes. Which ones are they? You'll never know. But uh, for some reason, I felt this episode deserved for Harris's exp- uh, like his like wrap up to be cut off because, you know, yeah. cut, you know, other st- other things were cut off. It seems a. <laughs> That's better than anything I can produce. I'm not um, gonna lie. Sorry. I'm real proud of that. I thought as soon as I said, "Oh, so we were cut off," I was like, "Oh my gosh, I stumbled on something here." That was not predetermined. That that was I came up with that as I said it. So you're welcome. And you too could work for Vince McMahon. <laughs> Clearly. Listen, folks, we're oh, sorry man. not for the delay. I don't really care about that. I just mean like for this, just all of it. <laughs> The content in general, Val Venus, all of it. I'm, I'm gonna also, I'm gonna go even farther than that. I'm gonna apologize for um, several of our more recent episodes that, for some reason, more often than not lately, like, look, we 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 run a a a clean podcast here, um, you know, for for, for the most part, but as recently, well, it it hasn't been quite as as clean as it. Usually is because our last couple. Well, I mean, the Zack Ryder one last week was mostly clean, except we didn't have one bad word from RJ City. But other than that, um, it was mostly. That's not cl- us. We're not responsible. Yeah, not not us. Uh, but you know, we had the AJ Styles Claire Lynch thing, and and that involves some stuff. And then, well, Harris's last two have been have left little to the imagination. They've been real bad. Yeah. So we just so- want to go ahead and apologize. We're, they won't always be like that, but to be honest, if you hear Attitude Era, just yeah, a little ding, you know, a little light bulb can go off, and more often than not, it involves something that is less than uh, children friendly. Look, if anything, we've if any of the topics we've covered in the last few weeks offend you, um, good. <laughs> that means there's something right. No, listen, listen, listen. That means there's something right inside of you that is offended by <laughs> offensive stuff. Right. And um, tens of thousands of people didn't feel that way in 1998. They were super into it. So, you know, <laughs> feel good about yourselves. Yeah. And whenever somebody tells you that the Attitude Era was the best wrestling, just don't believe tell them. them I choppy choppy your pee-pee <laughs> and just walk away in the conversation. Never speak with them again. I, I'm going to say this, and I, and I think... I, again, th- this is tough, but I think I think this is accurate. I think the Attitude Era, at its at its worst, was by far worse than WCW at its worst during the same time period. I think the biggest difference is they had a strong main event. True. Oh, and they did. Of course. Everything. That's the difference because, like, when Undertaker, like talking about this main event, when Undertaker hits the tombstone, stands up to celebrate, and you see Mankind charging down, and you know Mankind and Undertaker are about to go at it, you get really fired up. 
Like it works. And sure. at its best, it was better too. I think that was the difference. Otherwise, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's been uh, this episode of Behind the Gorilla. I don't really have any David Arquette stuff. I didn't forget, but there's just... Boy, I hope nothing has happened. <laughs> David Arquette cashed in money in the bank on CM Punk and stole the title back. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. David Arquette challenged CM Punk after CM Punk cashed in at Dominion the money in the bank oh, on right. Jericho for the IWGP title. Out comes David Arquette. Surprise mm-hmm. David Arquette, which is the greatest mm-hmm. thing we know in the world. And, That's and true. He, That's he the then best beats, thing in wrestling. He then beats CM Punk, and David Arquette is the current IWGP champion. That is what's up with David Arquette. There you go. Yeah, you're welcome. Harris, would you like to wrap us, out, uh, wrap us up? I feel like you deserve Thank it you. after that. Okay, well, thank you for continuing to listen to Behind the Gorilla. We we do actually enjoy doing this, believe it or not. <laughs> Go we ahead we, and, we just know, don't enjoy it the night before when we're up to like 4 a.m. doing all the right. research at the last minute. That's, that's the, the only thing. time we I don't got, like it. See, that's the thing. I was able to get mine done at a pretty reasonable time because it's only oh. like two or three episodes. So I wasn't up until like 2 in the morning watching the misadventures of Val Venus. But... You know, if you have some thoughts on Val Venus or any other, I don't know, penis-related wrestlers, Joey Ryan comes to mind. I'm sure there are more. Hit us up on Twitter. We're at behind underscore gorilla. We try to live tweet wrestling events occasionally if they're good. Um, If not, if you just want to, you know, follow us and the witty, funny things we say, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Harris Wilson. And I am at Marky Mark Brand. Yeah, so if if you run a wrestling podcast or really other any other podcast uh hit us up let us know about that we'll follow you and give you a rating if you give us a rating we like to ask we haven't asked for this in a while i'm bringing it back because i'm the one talking if you give us a rating just compare it to a wrestling match we don't care if it's a good rating or not we're not moving anywhere in the charts unless you know you guys really want us to then give us a good rating but if not if you want to give us a two-star rating just be like hey this is kind of like the average Val Venus match of podcasts. Two stars. You're like, yeah, okay, that's fair. I get it. <laughs> but, hit, you know, move the metrics. That's how things happen, I'm told. Like, share, and subscribe. That's what they say on YouTube. I assume that works. Uh, we that wouldn't know, got, Mark, you got anything else? No. Cool. Tune in next week. We'll be back for more of this. Behind the Gorilla. Behind the Gorilla.